believe in truth-telling down to my very core. And sometimes that means we have to turn inward. And sometimes that means we have to be responsible for our own actions and reactions. And sometimes that means we have to have hard conversations. And sometimes, as much as we don't want to, that means we have to be the bigger person and have to act as if. Well, what does that mean? Want to know what I'm talking about? Tune in today and my guest will explain. She is all about helping moms move on. The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you. And it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Happy Even After Podcast, and I am so excited for today's guest. So let me introduce you to Michelle Dempsey. She is an absolute beacon of light in the divorce space. She is inspiring hundreds of thousands of those who are going through divorce with the message that you can move on and be happy. She's a certified divorce specialist, host of the Moms Moving On podcast, and author of a brand new book coming out soon with Simon & Schuster called Moms Moving On. So guys, I'm so excited for this because she is just a complete rock star in the divorce space and in life in general. So Michelle, welcome. Wow, thank you for that intro. Thanks so much for having me. That was very nice. I'm like starting my day with the warm and fuzzies now. (laughs) Perfect. So, you you know, but it's all true because I absolutely love what you are putting out there. And, you know, you're very upfront about, hey, divorce can be hard and it can be muddy and icky and yet you can still come out and be really happy so like how did you get from where you were going through divorce to this space that you're in that is positive and filled with light and inspiring and really not holding on to any anger or resentment because that's a big leap yeah i think you know my anger and resentment because we all have it after divorce and it's silly to say like don't hang on to it like you have to go through that process big time before you can fully feel like you're ready to release the anger. But I think I felt all those feelings in my marriage to the point where like it got, I had to work through them in the marriage, heal them, and then feel strong enough to leave. And I think that's what I'm finding with so many women that I work with one-on-one in my coaching program is we do this work ahead of time. It's almost like this biological motherly way of existing. Like I'm going to do what I can now to make myself okay. So that I know the future is going to be bright. And that was something that was important to me. I knew early on in my marriage that it probably wasn't the right one for me. And my daughter's father and I tried everything to make it work and it just wasn't going to happen. And a lot of that was because I went into the marriage deeply unhealed from my childhood and stuff I had been through. And it all sort of like came out like in a horrible way. And I was the worst version of myself in this, in that marriage. And it reflected on my husband and then he, my ex-husband, and then he was the worst version of himself. So I knew I had to fix all of that if I ever wanted to move on in a productive way. So I did, I started going to therapy before things even ended. And I, I had to wrap my head around the fact, you know, that it probably was going to end. And I spent a year crying myself to sleep. 
but I like had all of those tears come out before the marriage ended that by the time it did end, it was almost like, okay, we got through that. Now let's just look ahead. What I love that you share is because you're not, you're not filtered about it. Like you talk about you're happily married now and he's actually a family law judge, right? Yeah. He's a family court judge. He's here in the other room right now, (laughs) presiding over divorces. So (laughs) your life is really a true version of that happy even after, but you still talk about the struggle and how hard it is when you don't have your daughter for a weekend. And, you know, can you, and because I know so many people stay stuck in marriages because they don't want to have to experience that. So what do you say to those, those women? I still, to this day, even, you know, and I go through phases, like I'm four and a half years into this. So while I miss Bella every time she's not with me, most of the time I'm okay. Like I've gotten used to making that my alone time, making that my self-care time, seeing friends, doing things with my husband, but it's still a pit in your stomach. But here's the thing, even on my worst days, like I had a period of like two months earlier this year where I was just an anxious mess whenever she wasn't with me. And I didn't know what was going on with me. And my therapist said to me, okay, well, what's the alternative? Would you have rather been in this marriage? And I was like, no, no, that would have been horrible for her. And she's like, well, there you go. And I think it's just the reminder of, you know, your discomfort in missing your children is for the bigger and better future of all of you. Like, I hear from so many adult women who say, I wish my parents would have split up because their relationship was so unhealthy and so toxic. And I didn't realize it until I was in an abusive marriage. And everyone worries about what happens to children of divorce in relationships. Well, what happens to children in marriages that are completely toxic and unhealthy? So it sucks to miss your kid, but it also sucks harder to miss out on a life of freedom and happiness. Mm. And I'd rather give my daughter the example of, take life by the balls and make it your own and live your truth and live your happiness instead of just fitting yourself into a box because of what if. Right. Oh, so that's, that leads perfect into my next question. You recently had a social media post that um, it was a phrase that you like to refer to that was act as if. So uh, can you explain what you mean by that? Uh, So that's from my favorite movie, Boiler Room, from years and years ago. It's probably like 20 years old at this point. But I had a, I struggled a lot with self-confidence and, you know, this feeling of like never being good enough. Like in college, I felt all my friends were smarter than me. And then going out into the workforce, I felt like I'm not good enough to do as well as my friends and I'll never get married because I'm not good enough for that. And so my whole thing, like when I was at my most self-deprecating and, you know, unhappy, it was like act as if, like towards the end of my marriage, realized like if I can act as if I'm already happy. I'm already living the life Mm -hmm. I want to lead. My business is as successful as I want it to be. I can feel the love that I'm going to receive one day after this marriage is over. That was, that was a really big thing for me. And so I kind of live my life. Like, I guess now in today's days, they call it manifesting and I'm not very like woo woo and spiritual like that, but there is something to be said for really believing in what you want and not like, like putting blinders on and not allowing for anything else. Because I kept saying to my mom, like, I know I'm going to have an amazing husband one day. Like, I, I just know that. Like, I know that I didn't get a fair shot at love because of my own issues. But now I'm ready. My heart is ready. My mind is ready. And like, I kind of just knew that was out there for me. 
I had gotten so comfortable being alone, Renee, like that was the best part of my whole journey. I didn't care about when I was going to meet my Prince Charming. I was so proud of myself for being alone. That was something I struggled with. So like, you know, that post was really to say, think of all the things you want, pretend you already have it, appreciate life as if you're where you want to be. And, and eventually you're going to wake up one day and and not have to do that anymore because you're going to be where you want to be. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about being alone because I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think that part of the growth and healing is being alone and not jumping into something. And mm-hmm. I I echo that. Like the things that I did alone were the things that just like filled my soul and allowed me to enter into the next relationship really knowing who I was. But people get so scared about being alone. They're afraid of it. So like what things did you do alone that you may never have done when you were still in that past relationship. And this is what I coach women on all the time. It's like making that new alone time so sacred, doing whatever it is that you probably couldn't do in your marriage for whatever reason. And so for me and my anxious attachment style, I had (laughs) never been alone. I I jumped from relationship to relationship. I always had another one lined up. Like I was like, I would have rather have gotten like face herpes than had had to be alone. Okay. And so I knew now I had a daughter, couldn't be like just settling with anybody. Like I really look at my daughter, like when I gave birth to her, I remember looking at her and being like, I can't be me anymore. Like I have to be better. Like she's the holy grail for me of like improving myself. And so um, as much as I wanted to take all those guys up on their their requests for dates and, you know, all the guys that came out of the woodwork from my past that heard I was getting a divorce yeah. and wanted to take me out. Like it all sounded really great, but I literally, I went on one date and I was like, okay. Um, I don't know if this is for me. Like if there was just no chemistry, the guy was icky. Like by the time I got <laughs> home, there were like nasty DMS in my inbox from him. And, you know, and I'm like, this is not what I want to do. Like, I just want to be alone. I had never been alone in my whole life. And I got really comfortable with it. So my things, like what I did, (laughs) it's really stupid. I had like this thing about going to Home Goods. There's one like Mm -hmm. right down the block for me next to a frozen yogurt store. So I would, when Bella was with her dad, one of my girlfriends and I would go get frozen yogurt and we would just wander the aisles of Home Goods. And the first few weeks I would spend all this money until I realized (laughs) my credit card was almost maxed out. And I'm like, okay, can't do that anymore. But for me, I was buying these things for my new space that like my ex, you know, was a guy. And so he wasn't into like the whole girl power decor. So I like filled my new townhouse with like, you go girl. And like, yes, queen. And like pictures of powerful women. And I just wanted to make it my own. And I found all that at home goods. And I would just find like wandering the aisles. So therapeutic. And the other thing I did, because I had always been really into health and fitness and I, I lost that focus in my marriage. I, uh, I, it sounds cliche, but I signed up for a kickboxing class and I went three days a week and I just kicked the shit out of the bag and Mm -hmm. it made me feel great. You know, if I was stressed out because of the divorce process or because of, you know, conflict between me and my ex, I would just like go leave it all in the gym. And that was really important to me. And that's still something that keeps me sane and also therapy. Like I can't say enough good things about therapy whether you're feeling good or bad or somewhere in between therapy, 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 because it will help you process and make sense of so much. I don't think women realize how much they hang on to and push to the side to be seemingly like, okay, and take care of their families. It's just been the best thing I've ever done. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and to understand who you are and why you tick so you don't bring that garbage into the oh, next relationship. Facing my unhealed stuff and my triggers and understanding them has made my now relationship so successful. Like I know what triggers me and yeah. I wouldn't have known where those triggers yeah. came from without therapy. So the whole point of understanding your triggers is not to never feel triggered again. It's to feel it, be able to acknowledge it and say, hey, this isn't you right now. This is me. I just need a few minutes to like get through this thought because we're human. Our buttons are going to be pushed. But instead of exploding and putting the blame on somebody else because you feel triggered, you take ownership of it and say, this is all my shit. Give me a minute. And I do that all the time in my now marriage and and it works. Oh, absolutely. Like I'm I, in my past, was notorious for avoiding conflict. Like, divorce lawyer who doesn't like conflict, but in my personal Ugh. life, I hated it. Right. And so I avoided it at all costs, but I realized, like, that was the demise of that relationship because I didn't deal with shit as it came mm -hmm. up. And mm -hmm. so now in my current relationship, it's like, okay, time out. Like, there's something bothering me. We have to talk about it now, yeah. not brush it under the rug, not, like, ignore it, not people, please. And, you know, that those are the foundations for that healthy relationship is being able to have those those really hard, difficult conversations and, like, deal with this, the stuff you didn't want to have to in those past ones. I'm very avoidant in my conflict style. And um, my husband, like you said, he's a judge. He's very much like, let's hear the issues and find a solution. Yeah. Like, let's do it. So... In the beginning of our relationship, if he could sense something was bothering me, like he literally would not let me, I, I would just be like, leave me alone. I'm going to bed. He'd be like, nope, we're going to sit here and we're going to talk yeah. it out. And we like started this thing where we sit face to face, whether it's at our kitchen island or in bed, and we just talk for 30 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. If it's just about work because nothing's bothering us, or if it's, hey, you know what? You said something that made me feel a certain type of way. Like we've gotten really good at that, but that was really him <laughs> training me because I made it. <laughs> I needed the help there. Right. We'll be back just after this message. Do you believe that on the other side of your divorce can be a life you freaking love? What if I told you that to live a happy life, you first have to believe you deserve it? How can you possibly create a life you love if you don't believe you're worthy of it? Let's get you set up to start believing in you. Just text the word BELIEVE to 411-321 to receive a free Believe Yourself Badass Guide. In this guide, we talk about power statements and how they can change your life. So stop what you're doing and text BELIEVE to 411-321. See you on the inside. So let's talk about, because you do work with women who are going through a divorce or considering it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you hear all the time someone say, but Michelle, you don't get it. My ex is impossible. He's horrible. He's a narcissist. He's high conflict. Like I can never be happy and move on because he's always going to be there making me crazy. Like, what do you say to that? I am going to talk about one of my clients who by far had, I mean, nobody who comes to me has a, has an amicable co-parenting relationship yet because it's still the very beginning mm -hmm. and you know they have this expectation of like it's supposed to be you know easy and we should be friends and I'm like it's not going to be that way in the beginning because the divorce process pits you against each other that's just how it is anyway I had a high conflict situation all of my clients do but this one client in particular had the most vile 
an actually narcissistic ex-husband. Everybody says their ex is a narcissist. Very few are actually diagnosed. Most men present with narcissistic tendencies. Most women do too. So we're all going to have those traits that Mm -hmm. make us seem narcissistic when we're at our angriest. But this guy, Renee, I'm like, they could write a book on him. Awful. And she was a mess. Like, three kids. The kids hated to see him. He would just bombard her all day. He was taking her to court over every little thing. And and she's like, I'm, I'm never going to be able to move on. I'm never going to be able to live a happy life. This was a year ago. Two weeks ago, I posted she got engaged. I don't know if you saw that post. I did actually. Yeah. She got engaged and she, she sent me a huge, she sent me a huge bouquet of flowers. Like I could never have stepped into the life I'm in now if you didn't teach me how to set those boundaries and what to ignore and to stop resisting being taken to court. Because every time he took her to court, the judge would yell at him, like, what are you doing? You're wasting your time, you know? And so I really work with women on how to put up that wall and realize what it is they do have to care about and not care about because a a high conflict ex will fuck with you all day long. But Mm -hmm. if you learn what you are actually responsible for responding to, Versus responding to all of it, thinking it's going to make a difference. Yeah. It's a whole different world for you. Yeah. And, you know, we, I hear that all the time when someone, when, when we're in the divorce process, they'll say like, oh, but he's getting the last word. I don't want him to get the last word. Right. I don't want him to think that he won. And, you know, that's why they're responding because they think yeah, they're going ego. to. Yeah. Listen, men, here's what I've learned. The divorce process is made up of two things, ego and fear. The men bring the ego, the women bring the fear. So the men lead with this sense of, I need to win and and I'm going to make your life hell because it's going to make me feel like some big man. And the women are scared and often rush the process and give the guy what he wants just to get it done and then screw themselves later on or retaliate with fear because they believe that everything their ex is saying is is true or it's going to come to fruition. Like, oh, I'm never going to let you see the kids again because I found out you know, you went on a date. Well, that doesn't work like that. And that's why I'm constantly repeating just because someone says something doesn't make it true. And I tell women all the time, there is no closure. There is no last word with a high conflict person. What you might think is your last word is just an opportunity for them to twist those words into another argument. And you know, a lot of women will say, but I'm scared. He's going to tell people these things about me. And I'm scared people are going to think X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, forget it. There are people who are without your ex saying things that are going to like you, not like you form their own opinions of you. It doesn't matter what you say to him. His agenda will still be the same. So we work really hard on shutting down that impulse to just fire back out of fear. And Mm -hmm. and that goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how is it that you actually moved on? Because your whole platform and everything you do is about moms moving on. Do you have any tips for anyone as to how to actually move on beyond the anger and the resentment and just their divorce and that feeling of loneliness or wherever else might come with going through a divorce? I think it really comes down to getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Like a lot of us are not comfortable being uncomfortable because who wants to be uncomfortable? We want to take off our bra at the end of the day and we want to put on our sweats and, you know, just be in our comfort. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing more uncomfortable than coming out of a marriage, dismantling two lives, 
adjusting to co-parenting. And I think if you come out of the starting gate from divorce and you're like, okay, I have to be okay, you're never going to be okay. I think the best way to move on is to not force it. I think it's to sit in your feelings. It's to have those sad girl days and sad girl nights and fucking scream into a pillow when you see all of your married friends are out on date nights together and you're at home with a charcoal mask on your face. Like, I think, (laughs) I think you have to do that in order to be able to just sort of release all of it and let it go and and let it pass through you. Because if you rush that part, Renee, I think you know this, it's going to sneak up on you somewhere else. And yeah, you know, you also have to recognize that, of course, so many women want to come out of these divorces and know that they're going to meet somebody else and get married again. Most likely, ladies, you're going to. If you force it, it's not going to be good. Yeah. You may end up in the same situation you were just in because you're looking for comfort. And you may find this is when women say, I meet the same guy over and over again. I'm like, because you're seeking the comfort of that familiar toxic relationship. Just recognize and I'm remarried and my husband is the shit and I'm obsessed with him and he's everything I've ever wanted and more, that you're going to end up in a situation and you're probably still going to be picking socks up off the floor and asking your husband to lower the TV at night and like rolling your eyes when he chews too loud. Like enjoy, (laughs) enjoy your alone time. Yeah. Even if it sucks for now, get comfortable with it, get a routine, have a show that you're binge watching, read a million books, you know, I just enjoy it because it's such sacred time to work on yourself and be alone yeah. with your children that you're never going to get back once you meet somebody else. It's so funny that you say that because I, I, I mean, I'm an introvert and I do love my alone time and I'm all, I'm comfortable being alone. So I, my husband now the same thing. I love him to death. And when he says like, Oh, do you mind if I go overnight and go golfing with a friend? And I'm like, Go, yeah, take two nights. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to miss you so much. And I already have like, all right, what am I going to do? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so it's like, I crave that, that alone time, even being in a completely healthy, awesome, loving marriage. And it just it becomes part of you. Like yeah. it becomes part of kind of like filling your soul up with just what you provide on your own without any, any anything from any external sources. So totally so powerful because then you start to make decisions based on that and not because of any anyone influencing you on the outside Mm -hmm. and it impacts everything you do in your life not just relationships so it's awesome stuff all right let's talk about your book because i'm so excited for you you know i'm i'm a writer we talked about this before and anytime anyone has a book coming out and not only just any book from a major publisher like this is a big freaking deal so Let's talk about it. Um, It's called Moms Moving On. And when does it come out? And give us a little insight. Thank you. It is a big deal. It's so anxiety inducing. It's not like I can like, you know, I'm almost jealous of my friends who self-publish and then just like kind of fly under the radar. But it's going to be great only because this is such valuable information for women that I wish I had when I was going through my divorce. This is why I started my whole platform based out of a need for like what wasn't there for divorcing moms. So it's called Moms Moving On, real advice for overcoming divorce, co-parenting through conflict and becoming your best self. And it's broken down into different stages. How to leave to what to do the first morning you wake up and you're like, holy shit, this is my new reality to managing co-parenting, your first weekend without the kids, your first holidays without the kids to getting back to your best and sexiest self and and putting yourself out there again. There's so much in it. It's a, basically, it's a how-to guide. And um, 
I'm really excited about it. It comes out in January, but it's available for pre-order now. It'll be available across the world on Kindle and then eventually audiobook and hardcover. But in the States and I think in the UK, it's available for pre-order um, like the old fashioned way. Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, a bunch of other websites. And um, I'm going to be doing so much work and free workshops for the women who purchase the book ahead of time. So I'm excited and looking forward to that. It's just going to be all moms moving on all the time until the book comes out and hopefully thereafter. Oh, such, such a valuable resource and just so inspiring and so awesome. And it's a kick-ass cover and it's just, you know, Had a lot I, more makeup on there. Yeah, <laughs> That's quite all right. <laughs> it's a, how, I have to ask how long did it take you to write it? So that's a great question. So the hardest part of writing a book is getting your framework in order. And that part took me about five to six months, just really nailing down what the outline should be. Yeah. Um, you know, I started my book and it was a whole different book than I ended with. And I worked with a coach who really helped me see from the outside what was most valuable to share and what probably didn't need to be in there. So it took about five to six months to get that solid framework together. And then once I got the book deal and the publisher approved the framework, then it was just like fill in the blank. I probably did it in three months because I had so much of this, like I had notes and and I'd been writing this in my head for years. And, yeah. and it kind of like, when it's such a passion project, it just flows through you. I locked my door from nine to five every day. I did not leave my office. My daughter went back to school like for after the pandemic and I just wrote and it was the best. Yeah. Yeah. And you get, um, are you the type of writer that once you're in that flow, like nothing's knocking you out of it? And nothing's you're just, knocking me. I mean, yeah. no, well, girl, I have like adult ADHD. So it was yeah. hard, Same. but I am very goal oriented. So like I, I worked with a book coach who was like, okay, I need this many chapters by next week. She kept me on my toes because otherwise I would have been all over the place. So I yeah. highly suggest a book coach if you're trying to write a book. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited to order my copy. I'm going to put the links for the pre-order um, in the show notes Thank as you. well. So how do we connect with you? Every single person who listens to this episode needs to go find you out in the social media world because you are just so inspiring. And um, I think that you just bring so much light to some to a really dark time. So Oh, that's so nice. I, how can they find me? Well, I'm on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey. My website is momsmovingon.com. We have a membership community, a free membership community for women who are looking to connect and who can't really commit to the coaching price tag. But I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, monthly group workshops, which you can learn about on my site. We have a private Facebook group for our Moms Moving On members so that they can connect. My podcast is Moms Moving On. Just look up Moms Moving On. <laughs> You'll be every It's everywhere. My Instagram is, is the Michelle Dempsey. Yes. Awesome. And though, of course, those will be in the show notes as well. Michelle, thank you so much for thank sharing you so much. your wisdom and all of the things. I'm so excited to watch your book launch into the best selling list, which oh I know God. it will. Oh my and God, from your lips. Thank you. <laughs> we just put that out in the universe. So woo woo or not, it Act will come if. true. Yeah. Act as if, exactly. So thank you, girl. Thank you. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after. Oh.